A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know you'll be alright, even when times get hard, and you feel like you're in the dark, you will see. Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truthiest life Hello and welcome back to The Truthiest Life. It's your host, Lisa Haim. Happy Friday, everybody. Today, I'm pretty excited. I'm bringing on the founders of Sweats in the City, Dale and Elizabeth, to talk about how they started their business from scratch and their new and improved app called Oro. I've mentioned Oro in previous episodes before, so you might be a little bit familiar, but here we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of how these two created a business completely from scratch, left their jobs, and then were hit with a big pandemic problem. Their jobs, Sweats in the City, was founded on the premise of them going into studios, reviewing them, and sharing those reviews with their audience. Clearly, the pandemic came, studios closed, and the entire fitness industry really changed. They had a choice in that moment to shut down their businesses, to go back to doing what they were respectively doing, to go separate ways. And instead, they pivoted with the times. They took risks. They evaluated what was needed in the market space, and they created it. I love hearing this story because two years later, we are seeing the product of what came from an idea that was birthed through crisis. There's nothing more powerful than hearing female founders and the inner workings of how they operate and the obstacles that they face come together to create something out of thin air. I'm so impressed with these two. The Oro app is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to put information all about it below. But for now, let's meet Dale and Elizabeth. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life, everybody. Today, I'm joined by two of my close friends. You may or may not be familiar with Dale and Elizabeth of Sweats in the City. Hello, ladies. Hello. 
So excited to have you both here. So this is going to be a unique interview, different than anyone that I've done before because I'm interviewing two people together. So for those of you that aren't familiar with Sweats in the City, so do each of you want to introduce your name so people get familiar with your voice and maybe if they head over to your page, which color hair you have since you have different color hair? (laughs) Of course. Hi, guys. I'm Elizabeth, one half of Sweats in the City, and I guess I would say I'm the brunette one. Hi, everyone. I'm Dale. I'm the blonde even though I recently went a little darker blonde. Thank you for having us. We're loving the blonde on you. Uh, But still, like an easy distinction, which one's blonde, which one's the brunette over on their page. So if you're not familiar with Sweats, these two beautiful women, they give fire recommendations from everything from beauty to wellness. Um, In this home, we're very easily influenced by Sweats. You both know that Evan is constantly using the Sweats code to get discounts on his vitamins, (laughs) his snacks. You guys really do bring great recommendations. Elizabeth, I come to you for skincare. Dale, I come to you for fashion and some in between of the two of that as well. It's not so, you know, specific for each, but you've also been incredibly helpful friends of mine that took me by complete surprise. I never expected such cool, successful, beautiful girls to also be so down to earth in real life. And I want people to really know that when listening to this episode. Thank you so much. So let's do a little quick story of how Sweats in the City began. Yeah, so I will start. We were actually set up as blind roommates in New York seven plus years ago, which is crazy to say. I feel like I'm still stuck at five, so it's a little hard for me to verbalize that. And I moved in having never met Dale. We immediately bonded over liking all of the same things, one of which was fitness and boutique fitness specifically. And we'd come home every day from work and we'd sit on our little tiny couch in our flex apartment and we would talk about all the classes that we had taken that week. And eventually we decided to turn it into what is now Sweats in the City and obviously has become more all-encompassing health and wellness. But those studio reviews were really our core and kind of the reason that we started because we couldn't find it anywhere else. So the two of you are living in New York City in a flex apartment for anyone that's not familiar. It's like a one bedroom that you kind of turn into a two bedroom or a studio that you it's a very makeshift situation. <laughs> and you're both hustling your real jobs on the side. We started Sweats in the City about a year and a half before we eventually went full-time. So we were both working full-time jobs while doing Sweats in the City on the side. And what were you individually doing? I was working at a fashion startup. I was working at Bloomberg in financial sales. Okay. So you're heavy on the, I don't even know, Elizabeth, like I don't know what people in finance do, but you're crunching numbers all day. You're wearing like lady boss suits. I mean, that's kind of glorifying it. It wasn't that cool. I, my clients were more so in finance. I was sort of selling them products that they could use for their job. So I had to be versed in it, but yeah, more or less. Okay. And Dale, what sort of fashion startup, what were you doing there? Yeah, it was a sustainable fashion company. It was similar to Run the Runway, except people were, instead of selling their clothes and consigning their clothes, they would rent out their belongings. So it was a really cool, like sustainable fashion startup. And yeah, I was there for a few years until I went full time. You too. What I think a lot of people don't know is that you are really big picture smarts when it comes to business. I am not. So I look at the two of you and I see on the internet, two girls that look like they're spontaneous, which you are, but I look at two girls that look like they're kind of just winging it. Like it's so effortless, but really everything you do has so much detail, planning and intention, which I think has driven your success. So 
for me, when I want to start something, I'm just like, I'm going to jump right in and I'll figure it out. I don't believe that's how you operate. Is that true? Do one of you operate that way? How does it work? Yeah, I would say that that's true to a degree. I think especially with quitting our, you know, stable full-time jobs, we put a lot of planning into obviously the financial side of things and making sure that our business would be able to sustain us. And, you know, there, are, there isn't just one of us, right? So when we quit our jobs, we needed to make sure that we had an income that could support two and eventually, you know, more employees from there. But yeah, I would say that our business is pretty structured. There's a time and a place for just kind of spontaneous things like with content and things like that. And we've sort of like loosened up the reins a little bit over the years, which I think has been good and well-received. But yeah, I do think that the planning and all of that has definitely helped with our success. Is one of you more organized than the other, or would you say the two of you are really organized and that's what makes you compatible? Uh, Elizabeth is way more organized than I am. hundred percent. I've learned so much from her lead my brain is a little more type B. I'm a little more creative. I'm into writing, but over the years, she's really good at executing and like having strategies. So from there, like I find it, it usually happens like, you know, this idea will come up or I'll see things a certain way. And then she'll be okay. Like, let's get realistic about that idea. So I think we're very yin and yang in a certain way, but at the same time we have structure, but yeah, it's definitely improved my skills by, you know, working so closely with Elizabeth. So I think we're really lucky that we have sort of different skill sets in that way, because if we were both one way, I don't think that we would operate to the same degree. And like Dale said, I learned a lot from her and the way that she thinks we have different brains in that way. And it's actually really interesting because you get a totally different perspective And so there's two sets of eyes on things that are looking at it from two different ways. So we can always kind of sort through issues that come up or strategies that we want to propose and kind of work through them in two different ways. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of times best friends will go into business together because you think the same way, you share the same interests, you have the same passions, but it oftentimes ends up in a ruined friendship or a failed business because two of the same doesn't usually work. The same thing in a romantic relationship. I personally think you need to have differences of opinions, different ways of strategizing. And so like you're throwing the ball, the other one's catching it. But I don't know if like best friends can always kind of see that going in. What would you tell two best friends going into business to look out for? I would say that the strategy and the goal needs to be the same and the interest. So Dale and I shared all of that. And I think that that was really the glue, but then you can't expect to execute in the exact same way. And you have to be open to being different and also seeking out somebody that has sort of a different brain than you. And, and to your point, Lisa, like not everyone seeks that out. You kind of go with who is the most similar to you. And that's not always the best match. I think that's good relationship advice in general, actually. We actually always joke, like, not only is this like a marriage, but we take our photo shoots together. So we're like another engagement shoot for the books. (laughs) (laughs) And I also think like, it's super important when working in a partnership. I really do believe that like the power of two can be so much stronger than one, but a lot of people, you know, their ego gets in the way. And when Elizabeth and I, like, we look at things in a different perspective and you have to sometimes like, it's easy to be like, take it personally, but we both have the same end goal here. We both want our business to thrive and it thrives well when we can, you know, see each other, like take a bit from each side and, you know, power together. And sometimes 
all think something is so great or right. And then Elizabeth will shine a new perspective because she didn't agree with what I thought. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's try it that way. So I think really understanding that, you know, we both have the same goal and it's not about an individual interest here and setting your ego aside is, is important. I think you bring up a really great point about the ego. And the one thing about sweats in the city that really, I think makes it stand out is that you might go to your page at first and think it's your average influencer page where you're dishing out the tips left and right, which you do. But the critical distinction for me versus many other pages, I believe, is the two of you, despite growing, scaling, picking up an audience, you don't talk to your audience as the expert. You talk to your audience as your friends. You know, it's obvious that two of you are really passionate about health and wellness, fitness specifically. And yet neither of you are trying to become fitness instructors yourself. Yeah, totally. And I think when we first started, a ton of people were kind of trying to guide us in the direction of becoming experts in fitness space and becoming instructors. And that was never our goal. And we really you know, talked through that a lot. And we decided that we weren't going to listen to people when it came to that. We wanted to be the same as our peers and our community so that we could be giving those relatable reviews and tips and things like that. It kind of changes the dynamic when you are the professional instructor um, and it changes the whole kind of vibe of the review. Definitely. Uh, It's just interesting because whenever I get really into something, whether it be, you know, fitness or or food or nutrition, you know, like I was interested in nutrition. I became a registered dietitian. I became really interested in yoga. I became a yoga instructor for the two of you to want to stay at, I don't know, at a different level, I think has just created a really unique position where a lot of places haven't. And that's why your page is kind of like a friendly place. You still learn a lot, but you feel like you're learning from somebody who's just like you because you guys are just like us or everybody that you speak to. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. For us, it's always been about, you know, building a community versus, you know, attaining all these skills. So if we were, which we can get into after, like, for example, our new platform for us, it's about bringing our community together, our Facebook groups for apartment searching for, you know, people are finding roommates. We are the experts in facilitating and building trust within our community. And through there, you know, we bring in different, bring in experts in in those areas to teach and educate. So for us, it's always been like building that really strong, loyal community where people feel they can come to as a resource and feel connected to. So, And we're going to get all into your new platform in a minute and kind of how you ended up there after your business got shaken quite hard from the pandemic. But I know that, Dale, you've been on that way to talk about your relationship to food. And Elizabeth, you've also shared quite vulnerably things on sweats. What would you say are some of the challenges of being where your audience is, not being an expert, showing up at the same level of experience as them and kind of having to walk things back sometimes as you grow and learn things. Like, I'm not sure if I'm wording this correctly, but I know in the past you've retracted things that you've said, or you've maybe not retracted is too strong of a word, but you've been like, you know what? We tried this. We learned a lot from it. And now we have different feelings about that. That's really hard to do when you have a public persona. And I'm curious how you navigate things like that. Yeah, I think, I mean, growth is super important. And I think our audience is really receptive to that. And I think showing up, not necessarily as perfect people, but people who can go through struggles and then talk about how they overcame them is super inspiring, you know, versus someone who's like, I'm perfect or someone who's like, I'm struggling, but has no solution. And there have been times that we've both been going through our own personal struggles and we didn't have the answers to necessarily show how we've overcome it because we overcame it while, you know, showing our lives. And I think being open about that and being like, hey, this is something I'm going through, whether it's a relationship or stress or food or exercise, and then speaking to it after. And I think it's helpful for our community to relate to and also show, hey, like they've gone through stuff, but here's how they solved it. And here's how it made them grow as people. And there have been times that we've looked back and been like, you know, we used to promote that, but we don't agree with it now. And we own it. We're like, hey, you know it's okay. Like, we're just like you. I think that especially in the health and wellness space, 
seeing the two of you who, you know, you look so nice, beautiful and put together all the time. You do hold a lot of influence over young people. And I think being able to show up and say, you know, I had this difficulty with food during this period of my time, or I was going through a breakup and whatever sort of boundaries that you've created for yourselves are really wonderful. And just to elaborate on that, you know, Dale, you've spoken about your relationship to food kind of becoming murky because of the health and wellness world. And I feel like you're really intentional about the messages you put out about food. And I very much appreciate that. And Elizabeth, I know that you've been really open about relationships in the past as a single girl in New York City. And recently, you know, I know a lot of people had questions for you and you simply said, I'm not going to be sharing about my relationships anymore. And I think putting boundaries on things and really being aware of what you need to protect both for your own self and your community really shows that you are not just regular influencers. You really know what you're doing to really create a a safe community for your audience and yourselves. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I think it's definitely taken some time to get to a place of, you know, kind of finding that balance of what we are and aren't willing to share the realness that we are able to kind of bring forth. And in the beginning, I kind of personally at least hid that. And we wanted this to be this perfect persona. And eventually those walls come down, right? Like something comes up and you have to share. You're going through a breakup, whatever it is. And then you get the positive reaction from your community. And now you're enjoying that safe space that they also were enjoying. So it's kind of this amazing thing where people are so receptive to it and supportive of us. And it feels really good. And so we kind of continue to share. Now, to your point about the relationships, there is, in my opinion, a place and time for boundaries, especially if our mental health becomes at risk because of what we're sharing. So for me, that looks like not sharing too much about my romantic relationships. You know, I think that there's sort of this expectation that we are supposed to be completely transparent in that area. And as I've sort of gone through different relationships and navigated that, I've had to kind of figure out what's the best approach for me um, rather than thinking about the audience in those times, um, which is a little bit hard, but it does feel good once you kind of listen to yourself and put up that boundary and people have been super respectful of it. I think that's a critical shift that we're seeing in the influencer space right now that needs to happen more. We wanted complete vulnerability for so long. And while there's a time and the place for that, for sure, there's also a place for protecting what's not going online. Uh, And I think that is a key piece of wellness that by saying, you know what, guys, I'm actually not going to share that part of my life really empowers other people to see that there are also parts of your life that they're not witnessing. And I think that's the lost part of social media. We think we know so much about somebody because we share stories all day long, but there's, I know from being friends with both of you, there's a lot more than goes on that Instagram story. And I think it's okay to say, I'm not showing you all of it. Right. Exactly. So sweats in the city was doing incredibly right before the pandemic, your engagement was soaring. You were reviewing studios left and right. You had a great platform where people could go to your website, search for their area, find a class and see your reviews about it. It was a great idea. And then studios closed and your business had to shift quickly. What happened and what did you do? I mean, that was a shock for everyone in every industry, of course. And being that we are an online presence, it was much easier to pivot overnight. But obviously, we were swarmed with fear like anyone else during this time. And 
you know, our mentality was kind of like, we are in a position where we are going to shift and go that can help our community. And at that time, it was creating a live schedule where we had hundreds of thousands of instructors submit their times. They were going on their IG lives or their Zooms and fill in this shared Google Doc. And overnight, I mean, we grew thousands of followers. Um, It was getting shared around through companies, people, and it was kind of like some scrappy little schedule, but people were really motivated by it. And it was something that everyone needed. There was no other way to work out. We wanted to connect. We'll obviously get more into it, but as we kind of realized, hey, studios aren't coming back, we have this opportunity to break geographical borders by having worldwide connection. I mean, we were very New York focused before because that's where we live. And we have this opportunity to kind of bring this virtual world together. Where can we take it? So there's a lot of fear surrounding, you know, what we've done in the past. You know, there's a lot of limitations, like, but we invested so much in our, in our in-person studios. We invested so much time in this map. It doesn't mean that we can't try something new. And if we let, you know, the past kind of prevent us from flowing into where the future of fitness was going, it could have hurt us, but instead we took it as a growth opportunity. That's wild. I mean, I think that in the midst of a pandemic, everybody's getting shaken up. Was there a moment where the two of you weren't as you know, strong in saying we're going to shift with the future? Was there a moment of doubt of, okay, maybe this business isn't going to work anymore. Maybe we shouldn't do anything related to studios or fitness anymore. I remember a particularly scary moment when I was going through all of our invoicing and kind of like handling our accounting side. And there were multiple companies that owed us a lot of money and I couldn't get in touch with anyone. People were basically just unable to pay. And I remember having that specific like panic in my chest where I'm like, this is our livelihood. And these people don't have their studios. Like there's no more brick and mortar and where are we going to go? And I think this is one of the many, many times where it's so beneficial that there are two of us because Dale and I both don't tend to be down at the same time. So if one of us is down, the other is usually not necessarily up, but like somewhere above, you know, where the other one stands. And so we're able to kind of balance each other out and we don't feed into each other's catastrophizing. Like we really do a very good job of kind of talking each other out of our spirals. And I think that that was really imperative during the pandemic. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. So two years later, we have a finished product. (laughs) When you were figuring out how to pivot, change, and this Google Doc was going around, did you see the big picture that we see now? It's so funny because we always talk about how whenever we're looking for a new idea, it's always right in front of us, yet we the ideas we come up with are so... They don't necessarily make sense. And we're like, when we know we want to start something new, we're like, this idea has to be at our fingertips. It's always at our fingertips. But then we start thinking of random inventions that are so far-fetched. So Elizabeth and I were going through this transitional phase where we're like, what's next? And we were thinking of outrageous ideas. And and we were both like, we know it's right in front of us. We know it's right in front of us. And we came up with this idea to kind of connect, have a platform where we could just bring so many instructors together for one price. And the beauty of it was that um, we could help instructors during this time because a lot of them who were employed at certain studios were out of business and they did not have the large platform to get customers and clients like we did. So we we didn't know the how we were going to get there, but we figured this is something, this is an opportunity. And then on the flip side was so many people had subscriptions to many different platforms and they were like, I want to do this workout one day. I want that workout. And there was like five subscriptions people were subscribing to and we, but they wanted the variety. So we kind of just pieced together all the things that we were looking for that made sense. And that's when the idea came about. And then it was interesting, all the opportunities that started landing when we started putting this in our brains and our eyes set on it, all the things that were landing at us and, and opportunities that were flowing to us. So it started as Sweat with Sweats, which was a platform where you were bringing the best instructors to your audience, similar to what we see now. But you've recently launched, relaunched, rebranded, I think is a better word, with Oro. So what is Oro and what can the users expect? 
Yeah. So Oro is kind of our culmination of everything together, but with a much more finished end product. Um, it's an iPhone app. It's an Android app, but we also have a desktop website that is a lot more clean and easier to use than Sweat with Sweats was. So we really wanted to kind of bring that elevated feel to what was really just a product of the pandemic and us trying to bring movement to people and to instructors during a really hard time. So, you know, over the last two years, we've kind of been able to refine that product and take all of the feedback that we've gotten, good and bad, and turn it into something. So Oro is really a place for movement, but it's also a place for self-care. And in its evolution, we've also added in on top of the hundreds of workout instructors, a lot of different people who have been giving talks. They've been showing lymphatic drainage. They're going to be talking about craniosacral work. Um, It's kind of all of the things that Dale and I loved exploring, fitness and beyond, all in one place and for one affordable price. And what is that price, by the way? It's $19 a month. Okay. That's just crazy because I'm thinking back to when I lived in New York City and I belonged to a gym, uh, Equinox to be exact, and I was paying, I think, close to $200 at one point for a gym membership. Wild. When you're saying that for a quarter of the price, you're giving people access to not all of this on demand, but also an archive library of what's already happened, right? Exactly. So we have a curated weekly live schedule that we put out every Sunday with about 10-ish classes a week that people can tune into live. But every live class is also saved to the on-demand library because we know that you know not everyone has a super flexible schedule. We've got people on all different time zones. Um, so you get access to both. I mean, it's really freaking incredible. Does Oro mean anything? Yes. So Oro actually comes from the origin O-R-O. Ours is O-R-R-O. But the origin of Oro in Spanish means gold. And for us, when we thought about the new rebrand name, because it was previously Sweat with Sweats, we thought, you know, we are no longer typically in the videos. We want to highlight the instructors. So it's more about the instructors. And when we thought, okay, Oro gold, we like to think of ourselves as the gold standard of boutique fitness and classes and that we have the recommendations. So we just love the way it flowed. And then we added the extra R because there's two of us and you get the palindrome um, (laughs) and just thought the name was like simple and it rolled off the tongue. So I absolutely love it. But this means that you're no longer in just the influencer space or the fitness space. You're in the tech space, which I mean, did either of you ever see yourself, Dale, I know you came from fashion, Elizabeth, you came from finance. Did you ever see yourself in this tech space? I imagining developing an app requires a different skill set that you may or may not have. Yeah. It's kind of wild to think of where your journey takes you. And, you know, we, when Dale was talking about kind of us, our manifesting journey of these different projects, I think that one of the really important things to keep in mind for anyone out there that is trying to manifest their perfect job or career or whatever it may be, is that the how you get there can't be controlled and you shouldn't try to control that narrative. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought that our mechanism for sharing movement with people would be an app, but here we are. And it's really incredible to kind of see it all come together. And for everybody listening who probably looks at your page and thinks that it's quite effortless, what sort of obstacles have you run into in entering this new sphere that 
you are not experts in or may not come naturally to you? You know, we wear a lot of hats at Sweats in the City, and we're very lucky to have um, one full-time team member. But even still, now that we have an app, you know, we were kind of used to all the hats that we had before. And now there is a tech side to things. Basically, we are our own customer support. And, you know, we're kind of running all of that too. So it's definitely been challenging, but it's a learning experience and, you know, an opportunity for growth too. Yeah. And I love problem solving. Like it is fun for me. So when I get a roadblock, it literally gives me life to figure it out and come up with a solution. And for me, that's been an exciting part of the process is, you know, if we have a tech issue, we, I, I love exploring different avenues and how to figure something out. So as much as it can be painful in the moment, it is a really satisfying feeling to learn new skills, overcome like issues that happen in the day, as stressful as they are in the moment. But it really gives you some kind of like peace at the end of the day to be like, I figured that out. And the more you learn and you figure things out, the easier it's just like a language. Like you really, you really understand the ins and outs of how you're operations work when you can um, apply certain things and run to issues. So I like to see issues as opportunities. And even though they can suck at the time, um, usually something better does come out of it. So being in the fitness space and also maintaining a healthy relationship to fitness, how do each of you prioritize rest? Because what I love about your platform, which I think was missing in when I was really heavy in my fitness world, you know, 10 plus years ago, was more is better more intensity, better the workout. And you two are always emphasizing resting, taking it easy, low impact workouts. What is it like to actually show up and take a break from working out, even though that's part of your, you know, bread and butter and part of what you do every single day? I think it's kind of all about finding the sweet spot. For me, I've been through kind of all the phases of fitness, right? I've done the forcing myself to go to Barry's at seven in the morning because I felt like I would feel better going into the weekend that way. I had a period of really stagnant, you know, kind of energy during COVID at the very beginning before we started Sweat with Sweats where I wasn't really moving at all. Like, honestly, Dale was kind of having to force me on walks. I was so fearful of everything. So that was too much rest. And I've also had too little rest. And I think that with the creation of Sweat with Sweats and now Oro, I'm fully at a place where there's such an intuitive lead of my body with rest. And for me, usually it looks like five days of low impact a week, two rest days, but it really kind of depends. And I don't necessarily set myself up to a specific standard, kind of have to let your body lead the way. But I will say that finding something that genuinely makes your body feel good is really the key um, to kind of coming up with that recipe for yourself. And for anyone here who's going to jump on the Oro train right now, is there a specific class that you recommend? I'm going to steer away from saying like favorite instructor, but just a recent class that you took that just felt really good in your body for whatever reason. What class was that and who taught it? Okay. Well, I just got to say they're all incredible. We have some regulars that come on every week. Like Karen Medina is amazing. Ali Fry. We have definitely a lot of different instructors. Steel Sculpt, we love too. You know, you can get the 45 minute burn, but I think what's so epic about Oro is that these 20, 30 minute burns are super effective. And for anyone who says, I don't have time in my day. Yeah. When you think about going to a workout studio, that's, you know, the class is 50 minutes. You got to get there. You got to set up your machine. You got to check in. You got to get home. That can take two hours out of your day. But when you can just go downstairs on the mat for 30 minutes 
and go upstairs and get ready for work, finding the time becomes a lot easier. And then you really understand the value of it. I mean, I think a lot of people's mentality is like, if I don't get in like an hour, it's just not worth my time. But when you add up all the little movements you do throughout the day and the exercise, everything helps. Everything is counted for. So it's important to think that way. So is there a class though that recently just felt good on your body for anybody who's going to join in and they just want like, what felt good for Dale? What felt good for Elizabeth? I would say, and Dale just mentioned her name, but I literally just finished Karen Medina's workout. She does a 30 minute bar and Pilates every Wednesday at 930. And I have my therapy and I have my Karen. And honestly, they're both equally effective Mm -hmm. for mental and physical health. I hear you. Karen Medina, 930 Wednesdays. I'll be joining next week. Yay. The app is really incredible. And I want to just congratulate you both on that. And I want everybody to go over and check out the amazing things that you're doing. You guys really keep it real while keeping it safe. And I appreciate everything that you do. So how do we get the app? Just the app store? Yeah, you can download it on the app store. You can head to oroapp.com, sign up, um, or you can sign up on the app. And you can find us on social at oroapp or at Sweats in the City. And for anyone interested in Oro, we do offer a seven-day free trial. So you can kind of test out the waters a little bit, see how you're liking it and how it's transforming your life. And since you're both in different cities, LA and New York, Elizabeth is in New York and Dale is now in California. Can you share your favorite restaurants respectively? My very favorite restaurant in New York City is Via Carota. What is that? Everybody is recommending that to me recently. What is it? So I used to live like across the street from it in the West Village. And even still, I couldn't get a reservation. They make it so painful. They write your name in chalk on the wall. I mean, it's nearly impossible. (laughs) Their pasta and their salads are just absolutely spectacular. Okay. I recently like put on my Instagram, where should I get dinner tonight in New York city? I haven't lived in New York in three years now. And everybody said via Corona. And I've never felt so far into New York that I don't even know it. It's so cozy and great. You would love it. I'm getting my glass of wine and having my al dente pasta. I see it now. And Dale, what about the LA scene, which I know nothing about? Yeah. I mean, I just think you cannot go wrong with Nobu Malibu. That's just, if you said I can get a reservation anywhere tonight. That's where I would choose because it's impossible to get a reservation there. Except on Thanksgiving. I once did Thanksgiving at Nobu Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) I might do that. It was empty. No Kardashians were there. Just me, the ocean, (laughs) no turkey, but a really good sushi roll. Amazing. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming on The Truthiest Life. We're going to put all the information for Oro app below and Sweats in the City so you could follow and get influenced just like I do every single day. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you for having us. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. 
this time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.